This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. It's Shep Hyken here. We're back with another episode of Amazing Business Radio. I have a great show for you today. The question is, is it marketing? Is it customer service? Is it customer experience? Well, maybe it's a little of everything. We're going to be talking with Joe Jorzak, who is with Yext, and he is the head of industry for the service and support world. And before we get started, a couple of quick announcements. If you've got an amazing story that you want to share, just go to any of the social media channels because I'm hanging out there. You just uh, go to Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and more. And if you have a question, use the hashtag AskShep, and I'll answer your question there. I might answer it on the show. I might answer it in my newsletter, or I might answer it on my TV show, which is Be Amazing or Go Home. And you can find that on Amazon Prime, uh, Roku, Apple TV, and a lot of other streaming services, as well as, here's the website, BeAmazing.tv. That's BeAmazing.tv. TV. All right, let's dive into our interview today. I mentioned his name is Joe Jorzak, and he and I, I don't know if we met before, but we officially met face-to-face recently uh, at the CCW, which is the Customer Contact Week, which is the largest association and trade show of people hanging out, trying to create better experiences for our customers through support centers, through artificial intelligence chat, And now we're going to talk about Yext, which is really all about searching for answers on your own. Joe, did I do good with that introduction? That was a fantastic introduction, (laughs) Jeff. Thank you. Welcome to Amazing Business Radio. Thank you for having me. uh, This is what intrigued me. As I was learning more and more about your solution, I'm going, so really what you are is you are like a, a Google search that resides on a company's website. So when you're really searching for something, it really does a great job of contextualizing the search, understanding really maybe even if it's put in the wrong way, coming back with the right answers. A- am I right? Yeah, you hit it right on the head. Um, Excellent. We talk a lot about when we're introducing Yext, uh, the idea of having a Google-like search experience on your site. And the reason we use that reference is that um, Google has done an amazing job of search innovation and really making search almost second nature. For us, I think most people, you know, if you're looking for something, you know, your first instinct is, well, let's just open up a Google search. It could be on your phone, on your laptop, whatever. Um, and you've grown to expect just really simple, usable, easy to find results. Uh, and so, and Google does that, um, obviously, in a very simple interface. You go on to Google, and it's still just a white screen for the most part with a bar in the middle. Uh, and you type in a question and you get a direct answer back. Uh, and what we find, you go to a, a brand's website. Almost invariably, I think this is probably true 99% of the time, uh, you go to a, a site and you look for that search bar. Sometimes you can't even find it. You might just see a magnifying glass in the corner. Um, you enter a question and you get back a very different experience. And so Yext is all about you know helping brands deliver a better search experience and really let customers, let users 
do what they're already kind of inclined to do and trained to do by Google, which is just look for things. Yep. And, and here's an interesting stat that came from a survey that I believe you, you surveyed 1,500 consumers. Right. And you said that 85% of the respondents that you surveyed uh, claimed that being able to find information and resolve an issue themselves versus contacting customer support is either very important or fairly important. And I'm just going to say that what that tells me is, you know, people just today, I, I actually wrote an article, the, the title of it, would you rather go to the dentist or call customer support? That's right. 48% of the people apparently would rather have their tooth drilled on than, than deal with somebody that maybe you're put on hold, you uh, can't understand them, you get transferred from one person to the next, That's right. who knows what. Anyway, uh, this is real important because it says, I want the digital response. I want to be able to go and get my information quickly. So yeah. every question starts with a search, right? That's right. That's right. Anytime you have a question, um, you know, you're trying to figure out how do I get the answer to that? Uh, of course, you know, you have your family members, you have friends you can ask, um, you know, you can go to in the old days, right? You'd go to the library or open up a, a reference book. Um, that's all moved online. Um, and the idea of now that all these digital interactions um, has been, you know, almost uh, um, accepted, right? And that's how the world's going to work. Uh, but the challenge is that we're still hamstrung. A lot of brands are still hamstrung by kind of legacy ways of organizing that information. And so you've got, you know, massive collections of data. You've got content that sits in different parts of either a website or even in the organization. And sometimes, you know, different parts of the organization don't talk to each other very well. And so that means now you sometimes have conflicting data or different groups own different pieces of information mm -hmm. and how to go after and find that uh, can be really challenging. Um, and what we see in terms of people looking for information on their own, you know, that's, uh, I think, a, a function of a lot of the challenges we've had of, you know, over the past couple of years, but really it's been kind of accelerated by trends over the past five or 10 years where, you know, organizations just haven't kept pace with the volume of information, the volume of change and the expectations of support teams to be able to answer all those questions. And so people find just over the course of their, their experience with a brand, if I can just find the answer on my own, that's so much better than having to wait in the chat queue or having to sit on, on the phone, listen to the music and listen to the IVR tell me about, you know, hey, for faster service, go to the website. Um, so <laughs> and I think some people have figured that they go there. First. Some people have. And certainly there's a demographic element to that as well. My parents, of course, would prefer to call somebody up. Um, but I think if you talk to my kids uh, or anybody who's in their 20s, their first step is why would I want to get on the phone with anybody? I just should be able well, to find actually the they, they do use something called a phone. At least that's right. some of us still call it a phone and that's the mobile phone. So that right. mobile device, they pull up Safari, Google, whatever, they start mm -hmm. typing in. You just said something. I want to go back. Uh, about two minutes ago, you made a comment about how internally people need to be able to have access to the same information. So not only are we talking about a customer support function where we are providing our customers the right information, mm -hmm. but we're making sure people throughout the organization have access to the same information that our customer support team or this technology would tell the customer. That's right. right. So there's no conflicting information. And that's real important. You know, I love this. If I, in my mind, feel I think I know what the right answer is. And whoever I'm talking to in the customer support world is giving me contradictory information. Mm -hmm. You know what I do? I nicely thank them for their time. I hang up the phone and I call back hoping for a different answer. And oftentimes so I get it. Yeah. And this it's, could help prevent that. You're absolutely right. Um, and it's so interesting that, you know, we as consumers, especially if you're a little more tech savvy, 
right? You might've done your own research before you make that phone call, right? Cause you want to try to find the answer on your own and not have to navigate, you know, a challenging phone tree or different agents. And in some cases, you know, the agents you get, you're right. They actually are not well-trained. Um, they might be new to the role. They just don't have that institutional knowledge or product knowledge to be able to answer the question effectively. Um, or they're just, you know, kind of hamstrung by policy. Like, no, I can't do that. And so you're right. You hang up yeah. and you call back. Yeah. Interesting. So I had, a, I, this is a crazy story that just happened to me today. And I'm not going to mention the name of the airline. That wouldn't be fair, but I wanted to get from point A to point B. I was going to have to stop in an airport somewhere. And I thought to myself, wouldn't it be easier if I could just stop at this airport, change planes and go on rather than go through the recommended routings they have on the website. So mm -hmm. they have an opportunity for an advanced search or a multiple city search. So I put in my two cities that I wanted to go to. Right. And I said, I'm going to make it a multiple city. And, and it said, this is the price. Okay. And I went on and I went, and then it wouldn't let me book it. And so I called and the person said, huh, that's really strange. I'm not seeing that on my end. Right. I, I, what do you mean? You're not seeing you can book it or can't book. She goes, I'm not even seeing you're able to do this. So I said, okay, why don't you search the same thing I did? And she did. And guess what? She got the exact same results that I got. The problem is the website wouldn't let me book it. She goes, I don't understand why it won't let you book it. And she goes, I can only guess it's because of this. I said, okay, I'd rather not yeah. hear the guess word. Exactly. <laughs> can you call somebody and find out? She goes, well, I mean, we're really, our hands are tied. If you call me and ask me to book it, this is what I would charge you. And it was like double what was on right. the website. And so anyway, I went ahead, I hung up the phone, I booked myself for their other routing and it was over with. But what a, what a challenge that must be for an agent to have a customer looking at something that's black and white on their screen, you know, plain as day and having to contradict their own information. You're absolutely right. And it's, a, it's such a challenge for agents who are trying to deliver great service um, and they're not getting the right information either. Um, in mm -hmm. some cases, it's because, you know, policies have changed. Um, different agents might have different levels of approval. Um, and it also is the case that, you know, where it used to be, you'd have a supervisor or maybe an experienced colleague next to you that you could ask for help. That's not happening right now. Um, so many people, so many customer support teams are now in these work from home and hybrid work environments with mm -hmm. people scattered about. Maybe they have access to a collaboration tool, but now they're put, they're putting a you on hold and they're typing away furiously trying to find answers. In the meantime, you're just, your level of frustration is rising. Right. Uh, and so, it's a huge challenge. Right. And so I know that may not have been the best example to try to describe what's happening, but essentially sometimes customers are getting different information than people internally and maybe people internally are getting conflicting. And, and I want to go uh, to one, what you just said, I think was really important. We all have to have the information, but this, uh, solution is as applicable to somebody internally supporting a customer because oftentimes a company representative, customer mm -hmm. service agent, salesperson, whomever, knows the right terminology even more so than a customer and can get more accurate responses if they type it in the right way. So this tool is not just for outside customers. Absolutely. Yeah. We look at the customer experience and the agent experience as being equally important. Mm. Um, and so from a, a customer perspective, outside in perspective, you want to make that experience as easy as possible, um, allow them to find the information they need and be able to get about their day. Uh, from an agent side of the equation, um, I think the challenge is uh, it's multiplied tenfold. Agents are coming in, they're working with, you know, in many cases, uh, high impact um, situations, you know, uh, a lot of tension, a lot of frustration might have already been developed over the course of uh, that customer's journey. Um, and the agents are 
also under pressure, right? A lot of customer support teams are still measured by things like average handle time, right? And how many resolutions do you have in a day? You know, what does your ticket queue or backlog look like? And so they're doing as much as they can to get through those things. Or in some cases, those um, teams have been outsourced. And so they're just measured on really uh, kind of operational targets that really don't reinforce the customer experience. But the challenge for agents is that information sits all over the place and you have to become really adept at how to jump across different systems to find what you're looking for. Hopefully you're not finding conflicting information. You're finding the right answer to that question and allows you to you know, best serve that customer's need um, and really help drive, you know, not just the kind of a good transaction, but you want to have that long-term uh, relationship and that longevity and that um, you know, kind of lifetime value. So right. it's really the agents on the front line of all that. And it's a super tough job. It, it, it frustrates me that we still sometimes refer to them as the customer support department. That's or right. Even worse is when they call them the customer service department. I mean, my whole thing is customer service isn't a department. It's a philosophy. It's part of the culture. But when you identify them as in the customer support department, what is their true job? Their job is to make sure that customer wants to come back based on the experience they have. If we can answer a question, resolve a problem, or deal with a complaint to their complete satisfaction, they're going to say, well, the last time I had a great experience, I want more of that. And I believe that we call them something other than what they actually are, which is uh, customer retention or revenue generation or or whatever, customer loyalty department. Spot on. Yeah. I mean, I think um, you, you mentioned uh, philosophy. I use the word mindset when I talk with a lot of customer leaders mm-hmm. um, um, and executives. And the idea, right, is that it's uh, it's around, uh, this is an end-to-end journey for the co- company, right? This is a, It's a team sport. So everybody in the company is involved. And I come from a customer experience and journey mapping background where you have this idea of on stage. And so you have all these people who are directly interacting with, with customers day to day. But you also have this concept of backstage where you have all of these people who are involved in influencing that experience. And they all have to come together to really create these great intentionally built experiences. In so many cases, uh, it's an ad hoc experience and things break down so fast. And unfortunately, you know, folks like you and I who are on the phone or on the end of that live chat, just get frustrated. And, you know, we know we can take our business elsewhere. Um, And so we do. Yep. And you and I, because of what we do, we're acutely aware more so Mm -hmm. than the average person about what they could be doing right, that they're not doing right, or what they are doing right, that they should be applauded for. Hey, let's take a quick break. We come back. I've got a few other questions I want to ask you. I think it's really important to understand that if a customer is excited to do business with you and they can find information that they need on their own easily, quickly, They will trust that information when it's found on the website more so than anywhere else. We'll talk about that and a whole lot more when we come back. This is Amazing Business Radio. Do not go away. Hi, Shep Hyken, your customer service and experience expert. And I'm excited to tell you about my new book, I'll Be Back, How to Get Customers to Come Back Again and Again. Now, this book is packed with idea after idea on how to, just as the title implies, get your customers to come back. In the book, you'll learn that repeat customers aren't always loyal customers. Now, both are great, but there's a big difference. You'll also learn about 10 reasons a customer may stop doing business with you and three reasons you would stop doing business with them. And one of my favorite lessons is a six-step process for creating an I'll Be Back strategy. Of course, there's much, much more. You'll start getting more of your customers to say, I'll be back almost immediately. Just go to www.I'llBeBackBook.com. Again, that's www.I'llBeBackBook.com. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. 
We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Joe Jorzak, and we are talking about really uh, a great self-service solution, uh, and that's what Yext provides. And essentially, it's a search bar on a website that is uh, every bit as robust and strong as a Google search, but it's actually internal. And, and the, you know, I, I mentioned early, is it marketing? Is it, is it uh, customer service and support? And I believe when you put the right answers into a knowledge base, oftentimes mm-hmm. that's going to pop up in an outside search. Out the, I don't really think we hit on this much, if at all, in the first half of our conversation. But is that right? I mean, you can actually optimize uh, search engine marketing through your knowledge base. Absolutely. And uh, that's where Yex got its start. So we've been around since 2006. Uh, we are a publicly traded company. And really the, the focus of the company was around listings and how to make sure that a company's information out on the web was accurate. Um, and we, over the course of time, started to build up a, a profile of all this company data um, and realized that not only was it really valuable to digital marketers, right, in terms of you know making sure that all of their you know, uh, dozens or hundreds or thousands of locations in some cases uh, were uh, accurately portrayed on sites like Google and, and Bing and others, uh, but also that you could start to ask questions in natural language of that data. Um, and so we see the idea of a great search experience happening, not only across marketing, but also across support, uh, workplace. Uh, it can also happen on the e-commerce side. So there's lots of different places uh, where search comes into play. Yep. Now, uh, we mentioned right before the break about how consumers, this is a stat that came from your study, uh, how likely you are to trust an answer from a company's website. And it was 93% said very likely or somewhat likely uh, versus a search engine, which is a little bit less and a third party mm-hmm. website or blog that, that is talking mm-hmm. about someone else. That's uh, right. So what you're basically saying is people want to hear it straight from the horse's mouth. Absolutely. And I think there's an expectation that when I go to a brand website, that I'm getting the authoritative information about that company, Um, which really then means there's an expectation that the information that a company is managing about themselves is accurate. Um, And in some cases, uh, it's amazing. You go to a site, um, if you can even find the support page, which sometimes it's buried at the bottom and you have to look for that link. And if there's a help center or not, sometimes there's just a rudimentary FAQ. Uh, But in a lot of cases, that content is outdated. It's old. It doesn't reflect a lot of the new content or new policies or the questions people have. And so it really shows that Companies do need to invest more in how they manage and curate that information about themselves. All right. I was going to ask about chatbots and, and intelligent virtual assistants, but I want to stay here because I think what you're referring to is something uh, you used the term in the first part of our interview about, uh, I wrote it down, keeping pace with the content that's on the site. I think that's right. what you're referring to, potentially outdated content. Right. That's got to be a major effort to make sure everything's kept up to date. Any suggestions or thoughts on that? Yeah, we take a unique approach to that uh, here at Yak. So we have um, something we use uh, called a knowledge graph. And a knowledge graph is a concept that's been around since 2001. So Tim Berners-Lee, if you're familiar with that name, right? The uh, kind of the uh, patron uh, of the entire internet itself. Um, And so uh, he pioneered this concept of a graph. um, And Google really took it mainstream in like the 2012 timeframe. Really all it is, I mean, everybody's heard about relational databases. A graph is just a different kind of database. Um, It's called a graph structure. And it's really about how do you collect information? And it's not only the information elements themselves, but it's also the relationship between those pieces of information. So it really gives you the ability to do something like called a semantic search, or what's the underlying meaning of that request? It's a really simple example, right? If I were to look for uh, how to find a doctor in New York City who accepts my insurance and uh, is open today. 
that's a really complex search. Most search engines would fail at that um, because they would break it down into keywords and it would look at new and New York as separate words and really wouldn't understand that I'm looking for a doctor. <laughs> new or is it uh, York or is it new? Right. York? <laughs> and if I'm, yeah, and if I'm looking for maybe doctor means pediatrician or maybe it means an oncologist or whatever. So the idea is how do you understand the underlying meaning or intent of a, of a question and then be able to intelligently pull the right answers together. And so we do that using something called a, a knowledge graph. And, uh, and what we think is really awesome is that every company who works with Yex gets their own graph, uh, which is something that's really unique. And you get the ability to shape with that experience by virtue of how you input that information, how you draw the connections between the, the information that's relevant to your business, and then the kinds of questions people can ask of you. So it's a really unique way of uh, enabling consumers and, and internal users to ask questions. Well, very cool. So let's go back to what I was really going to get into, because I think chat bots are pretty powerful today. I mean, they've really come a long way. Yeah. Recently, we interviewed Janefa from the um, from Five Nine, mm-hmm. and I know you listened to that interview as well. And she talked about the intelligent virtual assistant, which is one that it's almost lifelike uh, from the standpoint of the conversation. May not quite sound as lifelike as it as you and I are talking, but it's getting pretty darn close. Yeah, the, uh, the chatbot space has been evolving really quickly. Um, and I think it's interesting. A lot of these and the solutions initially came out five, six, seven years ago. Um, and there was a lot of excitement and hype. And it was like, oh, let's roll out chatbots. And the technology wasn't ready yet. And the experiences were really poor. And I think it turned a lot of people off to those chat, uh, chatbot and virtual assistant experiences. Um, and you know, in the meantime, is we're now like a lot of that underlying um, technology around artificial intelligence and machine learning, all of that's coming together. And it is really making those experiences better. But what we often see, even the best chatbot experiences, we'll see containment, uh, which is kind of an industry term for like success, right? So the success rate of a chatbot experience is still hovering at about 30, 35%, uh, which you know could say that's great, right? Hey, we helped 30 to 35% of people connecting with it get their answer. But that also means now that you know, you've got 65, 70% of the people who are interacting with it are having a negative experience, mm-hmm. which I don't think any customer support no. customer professional wants. But 35% means that's 35% less calls that agents have to deal with. That's right. For probably what I would consider the simple, basic, lower right. level type support. Uh, and now you look at the 65 plus percent, what can we do with them? We need to make sure that transition from that's right. chat or whatever digital program we're on to a human being is seamless. We don't have to That's repeat right. ourselves. Hence uh, the omni-channel experience. Boy, I'm, yeah. I just wrote an article, uh, not, uh, I'm not for the sophisticated world of where we live, but for the masses. And right. basically the title was omni-channel. What the heck does that mean? That's right. <laughs> this is what it means. If I can move from you know, the Google search bar, which is the yuck search bar, if you will, right. on a website. Uh, and it, maybe it's a chat instead of just a typical search and it's not working. If it just seamlessly takes me over to a human and they can take over in the chat, That's right. it's like, is this the same thing I've been dealing with? And it shouldn't get to the point yeah. where you're frustrated and then somebody has to save it. The, the chat bot, the artificial intelligence should know I'm not answering the question. Um, That's right. My, my favorite example. I'll share it with you. And as a quick kind of a wrap up to this is I, I was uh, trying to buy a docking station for my computer, put the computer mm-hmm. in my, my laptop in a dock and it connects to monitors and keyboard and all that. And so I'm on the company's website and I type into the chat box when it says, can I help you? Yes. Does the docking station 
charge the computer at the same time because it didn't say it did. It, it, it didn't right. look like. And the response was, which computer do you want to buy? I don't right. want to buy a computer. I want to buy the docking right. station. I just want to make sure that it will charge the computer yeah. properly. And the same question came back. I answered, I asked the third way and then I got frustrated and that was the end of it. And that's exactly the frustration that many of yep. us have from uh, what I would call uh, the older historical versions of what you offer. That's such a great example. Um, and it's really illustrates why search and chatbots are, as we would say, better together. Uh, when I think about the way chatbots largely work today, uh, they're rules-based. You essentially program the bot to be able to answer certain kinds of questions. We call them intense. Um, and so, you know, I'll program that. And so if I have, you know, my top 10 or 20 uh, requests that come across that I can answer quickly, a bot is really good at that. I can also program a bot to answer things like, where is my order? Uh, or, you know, how do I uh, process a return? And a bot can kick off those workflows really simply. But, you know, customers ask questions in all sorts of ways, in all sorts of different combinations of terms. And a bot has to be programmed to answer every one of those combinations and permutations, which they're really not equipped to do. And that's really what we do. And so when we think about the idea of integrating a natural language search experience into the bot experience, it opens up a whole new realm of uh, mm, yep. engagement and really makes that experience better and makes the handoff to an agent when it's required that much more seamless. Right. And I mean, imagine if you misspell a word, Mm -hmm. uh, then you're really, <laughs> and that's or, me. Actually, it's, if you had a qualifier, how to, how do I, or where do I, that breaks most bots. They're like, I don't understand what that, can you rephrase your question? <laughs> um, and so it's just a basic, sometimes a basic uh, change in the wording can really throw them off. Yep. All right. We are down to the last moment or two of our interview. And I always ask the one thing question, Kim, can you give us one last nugget or one thing you want to share with us before we wrap up today? I appreciate that opportunity. Um, you know, my one thing would be don't overlook the power of search to create a great user experience. Um, you know, Google certainly hasn't done that. You know, they've focused tremendous amount of resource on it. Um, and what we see coming from a lot of support leaders, a lot of um, customer experience leaders, is it's still an afterthought um, and much to their detriment. Um, the ability to deliver a great search, to be able to navigate all sorts of information and really deliver answers when and how customers want them and agents need them is incredibly powerful to deliver a better overall experience. Well, I hope that if any of these leaders question what you're talking about, just send them a copy of this show and we'll give them <laughs> a lot of good answers. That's for sure. Joe Jorzak from Yext. Thank you for being on our show. This is why we call it Amazing Business Radio. Great insight to some new technology that is phenomenal in the world of customer service experience. Thank you, Shep. I appreciate the opportunity. All right, everybody, that wraps it up. Another episode of Amazing Business Radio. We'll be back next week with another interview, and I can't wait for you to hear what that's about. Until that time, this is Shep Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.